Hey everyone, welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Absolutely. And I am so excited to get into this episode because uh, it's just, I mean, we just start in the action. Yep. And it's kind of been a minute since we've had some like real true action uh, in these episodes. So uh, let's hop right into it. This is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 2, starting at 34 minutes and 45 seconds and ending at 36 minutes and 34 seconds. Deke runs and guns, and surprise, surprise, it's entirely ineffective. Not a single shot that he you know takes comes even close. And then the Chronicoms show what a true weapon looks like, and they start blasting the place. <laughs> Freddy yells out, what are those things? And Max says, our future, if we don't get you out of here alive. Deke says, how are we supposed to do that? We don't even have any weapons. And then he throws his gun down on the ground in anger because, you know, it only has so many shots, so he'd wasted them all. Mac replies, speak for yourself because he is a weapon. And he <laughs> slinks away. As one of the Chronicoms is firing at their last known position, Mac blindsides him somehow because he's bigger and taller than all the crates. And he's even when he's like crouching uh, and he begins to wrestle with this guy for the weapon. After an intense back and forth, we hear automatic weaponry firing. Coulson and the crew have arrived. Koenig yells out, die, coppers, which is very funny because earlier he said coppers, and this time it was coppers. So well, you got you know. to understand them. I mean, you want, you know, yeah, you got to sure. hear them. <laughs> yeah, when you're, when you're doing your uh, battle cry, you want to enunciate as much as possible. Right. I get that. Let's get them. Yeah. Die, coppers. Uh, <laughs> as he... As he shoots with reckless abandon, uh, but something's wrong and this is going to shock them. There's no Freddy to hold on to. He's used this fight to leave them all, along mm -hmm. with a green vial. Uh, Mac wrestles the gun out of Abel's hands. Wait, that was Abel, right? I wrote Abel. Uh, Abel is the non-quake guy. Right, okay, because Kane's the one that died. Right. Okay, that's what I thought. My memory serves me correct. Good. Uh, so um, let me try this part again. Mac wrestles the gun out of Abel's hands, but he can't fire it. So he just uses it like a club and lays the guy out. But then Mac just drops the gun at his feet so that the dude can just get back up and use it again later, which is such a weird choice. Yep. And he just rushes off. Daisy finds Deke and gets him a new gun. Um, when Abel gets back up on his feet moments later, Deke shoots him once in the chest. Coulson tosses Mac a much larger gun, you know, giving him a shotgun for his personal choices. And he puts two more larger rounds into him, and then Abel gets blasted back to the ground. Luke then lays fire down on the group. Koenig screams over the hubbub, What the? Are those the Martians? And Coulson tells him that they are, and to stay low. <laughs> so there's some return fire from both sides, and Mac turns around. Where's Freddy? Which is crazy, because they've been doing this for a couple of minutes, and not a single person paid attention to this guy. Um, which is, I think, kind of the point of his character, right? So he calls out to Freddy with no response. He sends Koenig and Enoch to go locate the boy. The boy? He's the boy. in his 20s. Whatever. Coulson looks at his watch. Three and a half minutes until the time window closes and the Zephyr jumps. And I had to say, one of my favorite lines of this episode is when Coulson says, it's a time window. We learned about those in class today. 
it's just, I don't know. There's something about the way he says things like that that just really makes me laugh. Uh, so then Coulson asks for ideas. Daisy says, I quake, you run. Uh, and another crate then near them blows up. Deke yells, just to be clear, this was a rescue mission, right? Uh, and, you know, once again, just being very ungrateful for other people doing their job around him. Right. Uh, you know, just because, again, Deke uh, did nothing to help earlier and uh, still continues to do so. So, you know, there you go. Right. One last moment within 1931 that I can really complain about Deke. Uh, so thank <laughs> you for giving me this episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so in this episode, they call out, where's Freddy? Yes. So James, get ready for a new game. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I did consider doing that, but I was like, listen, we've got enough Freddy's written down. Yeah. To learn about that, like, I just, I don't have the time to fit in another game. Uh, so <laughs> let's get to round number 20. Let's of do Who's it. Who's Freddy? Woo-hoo. Who's Freddy? Number 20. This Fred is also deeply tied to Marvel. His incredible vocal performances have been featured in nearly every Marvel cartoon, as well as many other franchises over the 20 years. To list those franchises, let's go through a couple of them to show you how mighty his voice is. He has been in Avengers Assemble, Marvel Alliance 1, 2, and 3, Young Justice, DuckTales, Star Wars The Clone Wars, Looney Tunes, Ben 10, Hitmonkey, Star Wars Rebels, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2012, Ultimate Spider-Man, Robot Chicken, and so many more. There is a strong chance that if you've watched a cartoon in the last 30 years that has a very large character in it, he may very well be that character. James, do you know who Freddy is? Hmm. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in the towel early on this one. Because I, I think okay. yeah. I'll tell you what, I will give you half credit if you can name me any of the Marvel characters he has played. Well, I'll say if you can name three of the Marvel characters that he's played. Because again, he's been a lot. I'll guess uh Thor. Okay. Incredible Hulk. Okay. And Iron Man. Iron Man. Uh, you were pretty close. So uh, he's played pretty much any version of Venom ever. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he has played Hulk in almost every version of Hulk for the last, like, 20 years. Uh, he, I don't think he's done Thor, but he did do Volstag. So I was going to kind of consider mm. that close enough because... He's frequently like shown with Thor, uh, right. and he's done uh, a Wolverine appearance. He's done, um, I think he did Ultron actually once, and I, if I'm not mistaken, but he, mm. I mean, he's just done so many. So honestly, for the most part, it was like as long as you didn't say like Cap or Iron Man, I was pretty much gonna be like, it's pretty accurate. Right. Uh, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty much it. Um, but I'll still give you the half credit because oh, okay. um, this one's kind of funky. Sure. So you know, I get it. I was kind of, th- I was, I was pulling someone from. Kind of left field, I get it. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go with number 21. This Fred, unfortunately, lived with some very deeply seated family trauma. Uh, the biggest thing for him was that he could never compare to his older brother. Therefore, he would always lash out. Over the years, they grew apart, and eventually, after crashing his own life and landing himself in jail, this Fred has to face a dilemma. He can stay in jail, or he can spend some quality time with his brother in exchange for the bail. So he lets him 
bail him out, and they go from butting heads to Fred helping him with his job after his brother suffers an injury. Despite being a seemingly not-so-nice guy, Fred actually understands the underdog better than anyone else and helps save the day by turning around his bad behavior. James, who's Freddy? Is it Fred Claus? <laughs> Did you like the Vince Vaughn uh, references to help sell that one? I, um... I was like, oh no, this is going to be like Suits or one of those like ABC or um, uh, uh, USA <laughs> characters welcome sort of situations. I don't think I've watched many of those. Same. So. And I was like, oh no, is there one where there's a brother? I was like, is this supernatural? And then all of a sudden, I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden something you said was like, clink. Was it the not so nice? I don't think it was something around hmm. help his brother after an injury. It was one of those things where I don't, I couldn't, pin, there was no like, da da da. It was just, I don't mm-hmm. know. It was wild. Fred Claus is not something that I was expecting to be uh, thinking about in on this uh, on this brisk February day. You're good. Also, okay, two two very fast things. Uh, yeah, I, the Fred Claus one was actually one that I added in very last minute. He was not <laughs> on my like when I first started making this segment. He was not on my list. And then one day while looking something else up, I somehow managed to find like a thing that was like other famous Freds. And I was like, oh, let's see what this is. It was like a Ranker <laughs> article. Right. And it had Fred Claus as like number 17. I was like, oh. what the hell? <laughs> it was very weird. Uh, so I was like, all right, sure, I'll put him in. Also, I just realized I never said the last name of the guy from the last right. one that we were talking yes. about, which well, is really yes. funny. I don't, I don't know well, how I did that. So I, I I hope I get this right, because I've actually never heard it said out loud. I've just always seen it written. But I'm going to spell it first, and then I'm going to give my best guess. Okay. T-A-T-A-S-C-I-O-R-E. I believe that would be Tatasciori. Yeah, that sounds right. Or, you know, or Tatasciori. It could be like Tatashore or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Depending on how far we've drifted from... Yeah, I mean, it could also be based on, like, which actual region that's coming from. And also, right. like you said, like, how Americanized did they make it when they first right. came here? You know, um, you know, like, a good reference of point would be technically, like, my mom's family's last name would be Raniere. Mm-hmm. But, like, they moved to America and they were like, no, Rainier. You know, so it's like, they're right. like, that. It's, we're not going to get that. Like, oh, we're not... We're not going to be Giada from the Food Network going mozzarella, you know, like we're right. going to be, we're going to be mozzarella. You know, hey, that's what, how they fun, Yeah. Fun story. My stepdad's family made up their name when they got to Ellis Island. So if you know any, if you ever meet someone with the last name Prosner, P-R-O-S-S-N-E-R, hmm. they it can only be related to my stepdad because it's a made up name. Hang on. Let me look up. Is there a Fred? Prosner. Let's see. There is not. Okay, never mind. Not that I know. Yeah, there's Wait a, a minute. Ted. Frederick J. Prosner on Ancestry.com. Oh, it's okay. So you know what it is? It's for, it, you click on it and it's actually the closest available and it's, uh, so it's like related or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the closest thing was actually Prosner. Ah, yeah. That was so close. Yeah. Could you imagine? Because I found a, I'm not going to say his full name, but I found a Fred hmm, Prosner, uh, doesn't tell you when he was born, but did die in 1932. Uh, that's wild. Yeah. Did something in Wisconsin, which could have been a tie to Tracy, Ooh. former guest on the Ooh. show and friend of the show. Wow. That was close to having some real, like, real life connections to who's ready. And yet. 
so far. <laughs> uh, but that is all that I have for this episode. Yep. Uh, okay. So James, do you have anything for us? Yeah, let's let's take a uh, just a, this is going to be the briefest of touches down into radio of 1931 uh, because this is a radio program of some a, a trio of ladies that we've already met and fallen in love with despite oh them being gosh. hated by most people. We described them as the Bjork of 1931. October 16th, 1931 is when the Boswell Sisters radio program debuted on CBS. This I was, can't believe it. Yeah. You got this, them in one last time. Incredible. Exactly, yeah. They, uh, this was not the radio show where the person wrote in and was like, I want to strangle them, you know, with my microphone cord. Uh, <laughs> like, why, why, do they ha- why do you have them on the air? They suck. This was after that, when they were actually popular. And uh, I did look up some um, music videos, or like, you know, videos on YouTube of them playing. There's a, a version of a song called uh, Louisiana Waddle, um, which is good and very g- interesting to hear their harmonies and stuff. It has a little bit of sassy dialogue in the middle where someone's like, hey, you're singing out of key. They're like, them, try listening to your orchestra or some, some sort of sassy whatever. <laughs> I will say okay. that the lyrics to Louisiana Waddle do have some vocabulary words that aren't as bad as they might be, but they aren't the best I've ever heard in my life in terms oh, of no. describing people of color. And I think they were, they were oh. sort of a standard sort of deal. I tried to look them up online and I could find nothing other than in this video they say a, a word that begins with D. It's a thing where it's like, yeah, I mean, all right, that was... Poor, poor catalog choice, but oh well, it, you know, it was 1930, whatever, and they were mm-hmm. doing something else, but it was pretty cool to uh, yeah. hear their, uh, hear the music. And there's other stuff. Oh, ooh, ooh, they were on a thing, um, they were on a, a, in a movie that took place on a boat where they were singing a song in 1936 called Rock and Roll. And they were huh. one of the first groups to like sort of push that new very very new term along because they were referring to the, a boat like rocking and roll uh, rocking on the rolling sea that's interesting so okay. yeah yeah but uh huh. their their vocals rule like a great like i hadn't listened to them before i'd only heard them heard them described and heard them on the you know the songs we played by them yeah but seeing them like you see them looking at each other and like getting the little sort of like it's very very cool that's awesome. I like yeah. it. Oh yeah, I was I just was kind of doing some quick uh searching here and sure enough the the third option that pops up is Rock and Roll by the Boswell Sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, they on the 16th of October 1931 they got their radio show. Dope. Well. Yeah. So uh, shall shall I take our radio show out with some social media? Yes. Why don't you give us a recommendation? Sure. Um I'll give you a little bit of a recommendation. Um, Sean, um, let's see. Let me recommend to you Myth Takes. I'm gonna recommend Myth Takes, which is on the Scavengers Network. It is a uh, Monster of the Week, is what is being played currently. Um, mm-hmm. it is a show that is uh, run by the fine piece of meat on the other side of this call. Piece oh. of meat. I'm sorry to objectify you, you thing. I'm joking. You know, I don't um, think I've ever been objectified, so it's kind of flattering, actually. Oh wow. 
weird. Cool. Um, weird but yeah, that you were my first? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. hang on. Uh, let's move on. The first to objectify you. Um, yeah. So this is a show that's very good. Cast a very, very large cast. I think almost anyone who's who's associated with the network, almost anyone, is has been on there at least once. Um, it is just a, a sprawling, epic sort of story. Um, I would say that you could probably dip in at the beginning of any of the arcs and be just fine. You could also go back and listen to sort of character creation stuff. Um, if I could recommend a particular arc, I would recommend... Uh, there's a, there's one called Forest Fighters. It's a little bit later in the show, but it has some very, very cool and sort of unexpected interactions in it. So if you want to jump in there, that's fine. You can jump in from the beginning. It's it's all good. So um, that is Myth Takes, which is on the Scavengers Network. Thank you so much, James, yeah, for absolutely. that recommendation. And just like all of our shows, you can find those on scavengersnetwork.com and take a listen to an episode right on the website, which is a absolutely. fun little thing. Absolutely. And I don't think we mention it enough, so I just want to make sure to throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, that you can just kind of take a little listen to everything. For sure. Well, Colin, that's going to do it. We are getting we oh this is it is currently february 27th 2022 yep when we end this call we will be done with 1931 colin i know i'm very excited about that i'm very excited about something something pretty exciting uh feel a little bit kind of like our time window is closing like we gotta get like yeah get recording and get like quick we've got They had three and a half minutes. We have three episodes. Exactly. And they're all going to be one minute long. So, wait. Oh, gosh. Okay, get ready for a sprint, folks. (laughs) Welcome to uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you'll miss it. A show where... (laughs) The next episode will have uh, a round of Who's Freddy where you just have to mention any Fred and that's it. That's the the episode. (laughs) Billy Eichner will guest as... (laughs) For one dollar, name a friend. Uh, Fred Rogers. Someone already said it too late. It's like, we're moving on. Excellent. Uh, well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, please stay tuned for some more Time and Scavengers very soon. But for now, I am James Anderson. And I'm Colin Parker. Wait, wait. Where, where's Excelsior? The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.